Good afternoon and welcome to your American Heritage, baby. My name is Ed Bondarenko and I, of course, I'm not. Not your normal fluffy insurrectionist. And producing the show is the guy that answers the phones, warns me commercials are coming, puts the guests online and finds answers to questions we ask. Derek Stone. I assure you, he's not an artificial intelligence. He's that good. Derek hosts Stone Cold Sports Truth, Sundays at noon 30. Right after my friend Sean Todd hosts The Intersection at noon. The Intersection is... Not your normal fluffy Christian show. You should listen to both shows before Dr. Dave Janda comes on. Not to mention the Saturday lineup of Abolitionist Roundtable at 9 a.m. Trigger Talk at 11 a.m. and Moment of Clarity, which happens right before this show. And if you missed any, go to the podcast page at whamradio.com to check up and share with your friends. If you missed our previous shows with Bill Federer, Professor Will Weiger, David Coleman, domestic extremist Peachy Keenan, James Rosen, and more. Here's your chance to catch up. Your American Heritage is on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, and you can subscribe. Boost the signal. Be a Paul Revere. Get the word out. The odometer rolled over today. It's day 1000 of the coup, the theft of the American government by enemies both foreign and domestic. There's a war going on for control of America and you. This country was founded on the notion of individual liberty and the freedoms given to us by God, not the government. The government was established after the Declaration and the Constitution, but the government has been weaponized against us. The agencies have been captured or established to keep you in line. The Constitution was designed and agreed to to keep the government in line, not you. We have a government in Washington that is going to extraordinary lengths to prosecute anyone that disagrees with or fears. Donald Trump heads that list. The January 6th Patriots are on that list. You are on that list. The leftist ideology that brought the world the Soviet Union, North Korea, Cuba, communist China wants to bring that same system of government here. A government that controls you instead of securing your liberty. What is to be our response? We resist, we protest, we broadcast, we boycott, we boycott, we go to court. We vote whether they cheat or not, and we warn our fellow citizens. We arm ourselves, intellectually of course, and we pray. They have a justice department, we have a God. Psalm 144 says, blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Please clasp your hands and your fingers, let's pray, let's go to war. Father, please lead us and guide us as we seek to obtain the liberty that you have provided for us and to restore this nation that you have had a heavy hand in the establishment of. Please help us to restore this nation to a constitutional republic and a godly nation and remove the illegal overreach of those that would oppress us. Amen. <sighs> Joining me is returned, return, excuse me, I'll learn to pronounce that word, retired Colonel John Mills. Colonel Mills is the author of The Nation Will Follow, firsthand experiences fighting the deep state and the action plan for the American citizen. I really like that last part, action plan for the American citizen. He's also contributed to the epic time amongst many other venues. And um, he's gonna tell us what a few of those are. Colonel Mills, welcome, please tell us about yourself. Hey, uh, and uh, I've never been call, called a return to Colonel uh, uh, before, but I think that's an appropriate <laughs> title. So I'm returned. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thanks for so, saving that. Yeah, yeah. The uh, so uh, yeah, but this book is about my uh, my time uh, uh, realizing I had the colleagues uh, spying on candidate Trump, and then and then waging a war to this day against. Uh, uh, 
President-elect Trump and then President Trump, and now uh, in the interlude between his next return to office, uh, President Trump, uh, what we're seeing right now is just, it's absolute lawfare, and it's against us, it's not against Trump. Trump is just in our way here. But yes, I'm on Epic Times, uh, War Room, um, and uh, Newsmax, and, and a number of other uh, media. So uh, I write about seven to eight articles a month in different venues. Uh, but uh, God's given me a platform and a microphone, and uh, I need to share my message because uh, we are we are at war, and uh, we do have a, a weaponized deep state. I never thought after uh, I'm, I'm approaching 40 years of national security service that uh, I would see a, a government against the American people. That's what's going on here. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, when we were talking before the show started, your audio was coming across a lot clearer than it is now. And if you're standing further away from a Wi-Fi antenna, it'd be better to move closer. So thanks. I got most of that, but I want to improve it for our audience. So uh, okay. so um, once again, then, how did you come to write this book? I mean, based on your experiences, but what was your, in fact, let me say something here. I often refer to Marvel movies that were popular up to the Endgame movie, the last one that was of that series. And I've always been amazed at two themes there. And one is the death cult of the character Thanos and how Thanos was the bad guy, even though, you know, the World Economic Forum is Thanos in disguise, right? Let's kill off half the population. That's always surprised me that Disney and, and uh, Marvel would do that. And then uh, the other one was this. Uh, one about a representation of a covert uh, group embedded in the highest levels of government. That The turning point of the movie Winter Soldier is where that group comes out of hiding in the plain sight to steal the reins of power. And like our American Civil War, the one in the 1860s, friends turn upon friends and allegiances are revealed as this Hydra comes out of the, out of the shadows and it turns out your coworker is one of the bad guys. And you had a moment in the Pentagon where a coworker turned to you in 2016 and said, we have more opportunities with her. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah, that was a shocking uh, revelation. This is about July of 2016. I'm in the uh, rushing to a meeting in the Pentagon. That's what you do in the, in the Pentagon is rush to meetings. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I turn on the A-ring. Yeah, yeah. I turn on turn on to the A ring and uh, run into him. A, a good friend, a mentor, a confidant. I'd worked with him closely. He'd been a senior Bush appointee, Bush W. And uh, I just he was rushing to a meeting. He was acting as a girl. Oh, darn! Go so on that weird odd uh, that he's there during the Obama years. That's okay. These things kind of happen in the uniparty, as I seem to seem to realize and discover. But I just said, hey, you know, since I trusted him, I knew he was involved in Republican politics. I said, hey, you're going to support Trump at the uh, convention, right? And his response really, uh, not as important as becoming a safe believer in Christ, but, but really in a nanosecond, my entire national security service, my oath of office, everything flashed in front of me. He said, no, we see more opportunities with her. And I just about, I immediately almost lunged at him. And I said, God, I got right in his face, who is we and what opportunities do you see? And he had to run off, I had to run off, but immediately everything flashed in front of my eyes and I knew everything Donald J. Trump was saying was correct, 
spot on. There was a deep state and there is a war. We have a war raging for our constitutional republic. I knew immediately everything Donald J. Trump said made sense. Because up to that time, I really didn't understand. I was inside of it. I was up to my nose in it. I didn't really totally understand this concept of the deep state, the swamp. But right there, it, in, a, in a nanosecond, everything made sense. And from that point on, it was war. Back to the Marvel movie analogy. It's like when one of the characters turns and says, Hail Hydra. And you know, oh my goodness. I mean, really, I'm sorry. It, I'm not belittling it at all. That's exactly the kind of moment you had where somebody just said, screw the Constitution. This is what's best for us. You almost hear it in a German accent. You know, it's like, wow. Well, yeah, so, and he was. Yeah, he was close to General Hayden. One of the, you know, there's, a, there's, uh, you know, I turned in a bunch of names to the, uh, and had to update my statement several times to the uh, Durham investigation because things kept on occurring, which corroborated other events, which brought up other situations, which means I had to clarify, update my statements. Uh, and and by the way, everybody's going, everybody's, ah, nothing happened out of the Durham investigation. Oh, no, contraire. Actually, really? several, a num number of good things happened. We had five criminal referrals. Uh, that that's a bad thing. You never want your name associated with a, a criminal referral. Three of them, by the wording of it, sure sounded like the information I, uh, some of the information I gave. Uh, you know, Charles McGonigal. I just about, I will bet you a coffee that as Durham fought to get his report out, that he was forced to uh, rip out McGonigal's arrest out of his investigation. I, McGonigal's arrest came out of Durham. I mean, that is utter gibberish. I mean, that utter garbage. You know, McGonigal was the, the, the director of counterintelligence and the New York field office, the largest uh, uh, FBI field office, New York. And he was head of counterintelligence in uh, 2016. And this is in early 2016. This is, I'm in top secret high level meetings and all of a sudden it's Russia, 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 Trump, 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 you know, and uh, I said, oh, what's going on here? Well, I'm a sworn professional, you know, uh, you take an oath of office, whether you're in uniform or uh, or, or uh, a civilian in the, in the United States government. I said, if I'm, I'm a professional and if Donald J. Trump is a Russian asset, I want to know about it. And that's where, you know, uh, a few days after the election in 2016 in November, I was called on the top secret phone. said, John, you've got to be part of this interagency committee. We're standing in, up and spinning up because we're going to finalize the Russia story. We're going to prove that Donald J. Trump is a Russian asset and we're going to delay or block Donald J. Trump's first inauguration. And I said, this is absolute insanity. And we, we, we went on, we did the, but I said, hey, I'm a sworn professional. I want to know if Donald J. Trump is a Russian asset. I want to know. And uh, so we went through the information and I'm going, uh, there, there are dinosaurs in this dinosaur park, right? There's nothing in this top secret report that shows that Donald Trump. So, my, when, so when, what you do in these, in these arrangements, you write an action package for your own department, which I was Department of Defense. And for Ash Carter, I wrote, uh, sir, I recommend we non-concur. There is actually no information in this top secret proceeding uh, that shows that Donald J. Trump is a Russian asset. There, there is nothing. And I was told, John, don't worry, stand down, end of mission. Uh, Ash has already signed because uh, Comey and Brennan are personally hands on keyboard preparing the, uh, the executive summary and the action package. I mean, so this, this, is, this makes no sense. You never have director of CIA and director of FBI personally hands on keyboard typing documents like this. That's what you have a staff for. 
So and managers said, right. are not supposed to do this. Is that you know they're supposed to manage, not work. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't you don't have the Secretary of Defense doesn't type up his own action memo. <laughs> that's 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 what you have an army. You know, people don't realize the Office of Secretary of Defense staff is, is it's roughly thirty five hundred folks, and uh, you know we're slaving away in the coal mines and in the uh, rowing on the rowing gallery, and uh, that's what that's what you do. My action memo said not. I recommend non concur. I said, Don, don't worry about it. NASCAR is dead now. Um, but uh, yeah, this is the insanity. But from right on, you said, this is this is full-blown warfare. And going back, the intermediate event, there was three key events. And the intermediate event was uh, the dinner in London that's in the book, the dinner in London scene where I'm uh, I'm, I'm in London because I'm the uh, I'm the uh, senior U.S. official to the five I five English speaking uh countries, the closest relationship of any countries, uh, any relationship for America. I'm in, at the information sharing venue of the Five Eyes and uh, just coincidentally, a, a, a retired uh, uh, senior FBI official I know very well, I spent much time with, worked with at great, great length, sat across from in dozens and dozens and dozens of meetings uh, in the, in right in the Eisenhower Executive Office building right next door to the White House. Uh, we put together the uh, um, comprehensive national cybersecurity initiative, the foundation for mass surveillance that is uh, being used and weaponized against the American right now. You know, at the time, you know, what, what could possibly go wrong? But I, I ran in, ran into him on the flight in London. And it's hard on a flight to London. It's pretty hard not to turn around and see somebody you've worked with uh, on the, on a flight to London. And uh, so he was on the plane. We talked, chit chatted a bit. But a few nights later. Uh, a dinner that had nothing to do with Five Eyes, uh, was where your colleague of ours was in town and was hosting a dinner. And when he stood up at the dinner, um, and we all introduce ourselves, say something we're passionate about, he stood up and said, we're, he just was just, I, I've never seen him like this. He was just over the top, hyper animated, theatrical. We're going to prove Trump is a Russian asset. And you got to remember, this is, this is October 16, 30 days out from the election. Trump is a Russian asset was not a story. It was not really a thing. And I go, right, and, you know, most people are, are elites and globalists at the, at the dinner, and they're all guffawing and say, ah, oh, come on, Hillary's going to clean up the floor with this guy. And uh, I just, but he, there was only one reason, as I went back and did the forensics, and this is part of my investig uh, statement to Durham, there's only one reason he would have been in London. He was a personal friend with James Comey. And he was there at his behest because that's right when Comey said accelerate crossfire hurricane as as the insurance policy. Oh, there is. Yeah, yes. that's Peter Strzok, the insurance policy, right? So you know, and I, I want to reiterate something, or not reiterate, but go back to something and 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 just make an observation. As you were talking, I, I remembered a conversation I just had on the previous show with my friend Bruce Fleury. And he we were talking about history and how people are bereft of understanding history. And so they have no reference point. And and then the the modern historian comes out and says, oh no, we've always been at war with East East Asia, you know, or or the Pacific country or whatever. And and you know I'm I'm botching that up and I don't care. So the the thing is is that we had this story break that, you know, Donald Trump was in an apartment in Moscow with prostitutes urinating on him for his own personal pleasure. And it's like, that seemed to me the most absurd thing I could possibly think of about, you know, I'm no 
Trump pro. I never watched his TV show. I was just he, to me, he was just a uh, uh, TV personality and a real estate magnet. You know, I had no skin in the game, but it just that sounds odd. That doesn't sound like anything that he would do. And and for a while there, you start to believe it because why? The media said so, which is the same thing now coming to COVID. COVID breaks out and they tell you, don't touch that gas pump handle. Wear a mask everywhere. Don't do this. Don't do that. You think like, holy cow. You know, and, and, and after a while, you go, wait a minute. None of this makes sense. You know, I mean, at first, the media is telling you. But when you start to think of it, you go, that doesn't make that doesn't conform with my vision of reality whatsoever. And so I'm just getting back to where the, when the media is complicit in this and they tell you something, you watch something on TV that happens, you go, that justified the law of physics. But it must be true. I saw it with my own eyes. That whole thing enters into this, this whole, uh, I don't want to call it discussion, but the whole uh, scenario of how things work, right? I mean, when, when you start hearing this and you've got these people coming out of high levels of authority telling you this happened, well, they have, they, well, that's argument from authority right there. That's, that's the term, right? Yeah, yeah, well, it's a narrative. The swamp always had a, a narrative. And let me define the swamp and the deep state here. Um, and this is just the American top tier. We're not talking about the globalists and then the ultimate puppet master, China. No, it's just the American deep state. But uh, in America, there's three groups and four corners. The three groups are the technocrats. These are the Fauci's. These are the super experts that cannot be questioned. Uh, there's the bureaucrats. I was a bureaucrat. And, uh, you know, so you could be uniform military. You could be a, a, a government civilian. You can be a, a contractor. And we contractors, we, we, I couldn't do my work with a lot of con without a lot of contractors. But, but they're beholden to a deep state and an ever-growing state. No matter what the question is, the answer is grow, grow government. So the third group, these are the plutocrats, the plutocrats, these are the Jeff Bezos, these are the Zuckerberg, these are the Elon Musk that are of immense wealth. Uh, many of them come out of big tech, and uh, but they uh, see this convenience of marriage with big government. So those are the three groups. And then the four corners to give kind of boundaries on it is I already mentioned two of them, big government and uh, big government and big tech. But there's also two more, big finance. Uh, this is the utter craven uh, BlackRock and Larry Fink, who couldn't care less about a weaker Falun Gong or Christian getting their organ harvesting, harvested in China. Um, you know, and it's totally craven. Um, and then also, uh, you know, big academia. And I'm an adjunct professor. I'm, 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 I love academia, but... Always have to have absolute transparency and accountability. These are the three, group, three groups and four corners of what we're dealing with. And then what you mentioned there was the mass psychosis and narrative, mass psychosis and narrative. So, uh, and Dr. Malone is, I, I think, the one who kind of coined the term mass psychosis. But that's, that's what we went through, the tyranny of the narrative and the mass psychosis uh, of, of COVID, and now we know we have we have Fauci's emails. He knows he knows he ever it was a lie. He, he knows it was a lie, but uh, we're going to get him. We're going to get him sooner or later here. Well, the only way we're going to get him is is if I, I the only I hate to say this because I don't want to say that I can't believe God can do anything differently than I imagine it. And I I think actually let me back up a second. If we want to win, we need to pray. I think that's Amen. that's all there is to it. Uh, 
previous show, my friend Bruce mentioned Patton going to church. I think it was before, it may have been actually a caller, Joe, who mentioned Patton going to church about the weather, you know? And I'd never heard that story before. I trust it's true because I heard it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, we have to pray for this nation. We have to pray for the American people to, you know, like the, the founders called it, an appeal to heaven. We're against a much more powerful enemy than we ourselves are. And they are uh, dictatorial tyrants. It's the king. And and we're in a position where uh, we don't seem to have the reins of power or the media. You know, there's this station and there's others. And your voice is out there in a number of different venues. But we have to get the American people motiv motivated and uh, mobilized to understand their God-given rights and what's been taken from them. I'm on a kind of a ramble here, but I had a thought yesterday and I was thinking about people compare the downfall of the American Republic with the downfall of the Roman Republic. And I was thinking there is a difference in the Roman Republic. It was only the rich senators who had the vote. The populace didn't have the vote. In this nation, we have a, a government that's only suited for a moral and religious people according to John Adams. And so if, if we have an informed decent moral populace, we can turn this ship, but we have to do it right. We have to do it in the ballot box and we have to make sure the vote doesn't get stolen and we have to do it in the courts. There's so many different ways to approach this before getting to the last box, which would be bloody and we don't wanna to get to the last box. We want the first three boxes, ballot box, soap box, um, forgetting the other one. We don't wanna to get to the ammo box yet. That's that's the last one. So. Um, yeah, there's, there's ways, and your book talks about how we can turn this around, but we have to turn this around so that we can get, and the only way I see it, and I started off by saying, I don't wanna hinder God or handcuff him into my way of thinking about it, but we get Trump back into office because he's the only guy I can see that will go into office and, and he's learned his lesson, so to speak. He knows what to do. He's gonna know who's gonna whisper Hail Hydra or not. He's going to know who's got his back and who doesn't. He's gonna find out people who do, and he's gonna clean house. Your, your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the book has an action plan and the preface is by uh, brother Stephen K. Bannon, action, action, action. Care less about what the blue side want does to us. All I care about is what are we doing? That's all I care about. But I, I think two articles in the New York Times, and, and I, I daily I, I scan a variety of news sources, and two articles uh, just blew me away in the last couple of days. One was, and I can't remember the author, one was an admission that, that the elite are the bad guys. The elite yes. is pushing this, they, they are the bad guys. So I go, well, that's great. Admission is the first step on the road to uh, redemption here. So that was a stunning article when he says, we are the bad guys, meaning the elite. Yeah. I said, amen. The Colonel, second one was- Colonel, was, we're up on yes. a heartbreak. You gonna stay after? Absolutely. Oh, thank you. And so folks, come on back. My guest, Colonel, Re Colonel retired, Colonel John Mills, he's retired. And uh, come on back for the second half after the commercials. And we're going to talk more about this, what we can do to save this country. Come on back. We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. 
We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. We were made to be courageous. We were warriors on the front lines, standing unafraid. Well, welcome back to the second half of your American Heritage, baby. Yeah, my guest today is Colonel John Mills. He's retired and a security analyst, author, uh, speaker, as we've been saying. Uh, John, you also have a substack, right? Am I right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Colonel R.E.T. John, Colonel Rhett John on Substack, Getter, and Truth. So that's my, my social media. So I'm a, uh, yeah, I'll just drown you in uh, things I put out in Substack. Uh, so I do, you know, most, most most things are free, but there's things I do pay you all and, and things I reserve for founders, uh, uh, founding members. But uh, yeah, that's, that's the way to get to me. All right. If you ever find yourself in this area, let me know. And uh, I'd like to see you speak. So uh, uh, we're going to open the phone line 734-822-1600 if you have any questions. But I want to finish your thought that you were we were talking about before the break about how to approach this. You were talking about the uh, the New York Times article, for one, really fascinates me because in looking for that, I ended up the Wall Street Journal article instead by Kimberly Strassel. So yeah, it was. Uh, I'll, I'll get that out there. I'm pretty sure, unless I'm uh, unless I'm messing that up. I'm pretty sure it was a New York Times article, which oh, is I'm shocking. sure it was. Yeah, I've yeah, heard yeah, rep- which- I've heard people refer to it, but I I'm not I'm not on the, that side of the paywall. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was shocking. But then the other one uh, in the New York Times came out. It was like last night. Um, it was last night uh, yesterday, and it was this magnificent piece on Chinese uh, malign influence operations and how they're using uh, social media to push their point. And it was a, I was, it was a very detailed, accurate article. And I'm one of the uh, founding members on the Committee on Present Danger China, along with Frank Gaffney and Brian Kennedy and Steve Bannon and others. I know I know Chinese operations pretty well, so I was shocked, uh, and I posted that uh, article too. I'm shocked. Uh, shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was shocked that those, those two, that that op-ed writer and and the writers of this piece on Chinese influence operations, they'll never work in this town again after after this piece. Obviously, somehow there was a mistake. He got out in the Times, but you know, they said it out loud. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and for every dollar that Russia, because everybody likes to focus on bad guy Russia. And Russia is bad. People, people get people get things confused. They start cheerleading for Putin. You know, Putin and Russia. I'm sorry, uh, there's some issues there. But for every dollar Russia spends on influence operations, and they do, and they're very good at it, China spends 20. So China, uh, Russia's effort is almost irrelevant uh, in the shadow of what China does. 20 to one, 20 to one, not even close. But but this is again that we have an action plan in the book, and it's action, action, action. And again, a year, uh, you know, when this book first came out, people were saying, that's great, John, you're a whistleblower. Where's everybody else? There are white hatters, believe me, I guarantee it. I talked to some of them. And now uh, we got dozens of of, uh, um, white hatters that have come out as whistleblowers. We got Shapley and Ziegler, Ziegler, a gay Democrat who says, this is wrong. This is absolutely wrong. And I'm putting my foot down and I'm taking a stand. So God bless Ziegler for for doing that. He could have just said nothing and let things happen, but he he did that. But uh, the action plan is for 95% of Americans watching this, what worrying and wondering about America, 
you must get involved in your county, the 3,300 counties. You must show up to the school board, county council, election board, the registrar, sheriffs, judges, and prosecutors. These seven governance functions, these are the common governance functions for our 3,300 counties approximately across the nation. This is the foundation for our constitutional republic, the county or the county equivalent. And uh, I know it's a little bit, you guys have a little bit of a different system in uh, in Michigan that's a little unique from uh, other states across the nation, uh, but that's okay. You These, these seven- no, There's still work to be done. Yeah. yeah, there's still work to be done, but you got to get involved. Stop bellowing at the TV. Stop shouting, uh, getting a bowl of loudmouth soup and shouting at the at social on social media. You must get involved where you live and dominate and don't like whip in Michigan. You're li living under unprecedented tyranny of of, uh, of of Whitmer. I mean, it's just unbelievable, but, but we will we will prevail and overcome. Uh, it is just absolutely unprecedented what she is up to. But uh, yeah, that's that, that's how you, you must action, action, action. Don't fret or worry. Fretting is a sin according to the Bible. Don't fret, don't worry, get involved. And and look, they stole the country over 50 years. We had our back turned. We were focusing on God, family, and country, which is the right order of precedence. But then we forget Romans 13. You got to get involved in local government. You cannot surrender it to somebody else and that's what happened. And I, I, I wanna say something, you talk about uh, all the different uh, people that should get involved and once again, I'm gonna mention pastors and pastors need to be involved and congregations need to stand up and hold their pastors accountable and ask, why aren't you involved? Have a nice conversation with your pastor. Don't be threatening, don't be combative. Just say, hey, did you know about the, the horrible sin that's going on? Have you seen Sound of Freedom? Do you know what's going on in the world, in this country? It has to do with politics and you need to speak out about it so your congregation can act accordingly. It occurred to me this morning that, you know, Nathan spoke to David the king and he called him out on his sin of murder and he did it at it at the cost of his life. I mean, you know, David could have said, yeah, you think it was bad what I did to, uh, what's his face, Bathsheba's husband? Oh, I can do the same, right. doing a heartbeat. Take this guy out of here, you know, we're keeping this under the wraps. And fortunately, David was a man after God's own heart and he repented. So, you know, by all means, pastors should be speaking out to the powers that be and calling them out for this sin. It's, it's sin, it's not political, it's sin that's going on. Oh, I gotta calm down. So uh, we have a call, Joe Lennard, author of Terror Strikes is on the phone, Joe. Yeah, hello brother, I do have a question for your guest, but first, I've always loved your Thanos uh, I, the rant, rage, diatribe, those aren't the right words for it, but you know, the way Analogy. you put it and is proper. And I do likewise now, I'm surprised Disney allowed Guardians of the Galaxy 3 out the way it is, because Rocket says he promised perfection, but he just hated things the way they were. And that's the same of every commie, fascist, socialist, whatever is tyrant that just wants to lord over everyone else, promising some false utopia because there's no such thing as perfect. They just want to be the ruling elite that lords over the imperfection. But my question is, what is your 
thoughts on uh, China. Trump was the only one to take on China, but a lot of people, in my mind, maligned Nixon improperly. It made sense when Nixon said, let's open China, try to undermine the CCP, open that society up, drive a wedge between them and Russia. Where it went bad was the Bill Clintons, the George W. Bushes, the Mitt Rhinomies, even here in Michigan, Justin Amash, who had to retire because his business ties to the CCP were exposed. People selling us out to China. They should have never been allowed into the WTO and get most favored nation status. That's where it went wrong, correct? Well, right. Uh, we all love Thanks, to Joe. bash. Thank you, Joe. We, we all love to bash Kissinger, uh, and he, he does deserve to be bashed to some extent. But at the time, it actually, people are forgetting historically, they had just, everybody thinks the closest the world ever came to a nuclear exchange was the Cuban Missile Crisis. People forget the border conflicts of essentially 68 to 70 between China and Russia. People forget that. And they just about came to nuclear blows. They had and bloody border clashes. And that's what, when Nixon and Kissinger, when everybody in the intelligence community was looking at that, they're going, whoa, we've got to leverage this situation. But we failed. We all, you always must update and confirm that your, your, your posits and your thesis is still correct. So the problem was in the 90s, we just kept on saying, hey, hey, it's China. China's the future. Hey, we're going to give them space technology. And it wasn't just Clinton. That was actually totally bipartisan, totally bipartisan. We're going to have a space technology. They're flying around in, in Black Hawk helicopters that we gave them the, the, the civilian variant S-70. Yeah, and that's why you'll see these weird, uh, weird pictures of the Chinese flying around in Black Hawk helicopters. We gave them the civilian variant designs. Uh, uh, in the in the 90s, and then it kept on going on. And I have to admit, uh, I w I didn't really become smart on China until about 2010. I mean, I was kind of pivoted off the war on terror in about 2007, 2008 to come over to this thing called cyber, which I wasn't my my NSA boss. I, I didn't work for NSA, but in the in my my office in the office of Secretary of Defense, it was an NSA senior executive that normally encumbered the seat. Uh, and he, uh, him and I were very close and says, hey, I want you to take over this, this big initiative called the Cyber Initiative. Um, and it wasn't until about 2010 that I really, or the, the game had changed. It was no longer Russia and cyber or all other places. It was China. China, it was, China did the original break-ins, which caused our panic. Or, excuse me, Russia did the original break-ins to the U.S. government networks in 2007 to 2000, uh, 2003 to 2007, which freaked us out. But from about 2010 on, it was it was 97% China and 3% Russia. And uh, so from that point on, the game was China. And then when she came on board in 2012, he was very clear. Oh, remember, decoupling is not Trump. It's not a Republican term. It's she. She said in 2012, we are going to decouple from the West because he realizes they have three critical dependencies – Energy, food, and the reserve currency. Now, energy, now they have a deal with Iran and Saudi Arabia and a pipeline being built straight across Afghanistan to China. That's huge. Two is uh, the reserve currency. We are now uh, on the pathway to lose reserve currency. And with uh, Durban, South Africa happening this month, 
Um, it's you know, it, and and the Biden team is 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 financially and economically illiterate. Inept. They understand. Inept. Inept. Is and that the is that the BRICS? It's the BRICS, yes, S for South Africa. Um, and and I've always been very careful about calling Biden bought off, but now we have the goods. It's a separate conversation. We have four uh, cooperating uh, groups of, uh, of, of what we would call, uh, uh, it's legally sufficient. Criminals. Uh, to, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, now, but I, I've always been very careful about calling uh, Biden bought off by China, but now we have the goods and we now have enough to begin the impeachment an inquiry, which is the process. I know everybody just wants to jump to jump to uh, uh, conviction. No, and, and conviction. No, the process is inquiry first. That's where you have to lay out the evidence so all members of Congress can see it. Because right now there's only about 20 who've seen the SARS and the uh, 1023s and and everything. So 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 the the one thing that China so they, they they're on the pathway to gain the reserve currency. Energy is is getting better with them. Remember, they had to import fifty percent of their energy. The one thing they don't have food, and we're, we we have so much food, we're drowning in it. I mean, they're we, buying we, our food. They're buying our farmland. Well, they're, buy they're buying our our the Smithfield yeah. and all our processing companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and that's part of the strategic uh, effort. But and and they're playing a gap or seam because they actually read our laws uh, and and regulations, uh, whereas we don't read our laws and regulations. And they study them in great detail. And they played a game with us because they saw that well, there's actually no federal law against a foreign entity buying buying farmland. Ergo, we're going to start buying farmland. Good on them. Next, they next Air Force bases. Yeah, yeah, they played a gap or seam, and you know the the government can be extremely. Uh, Hard, hard to uh, uh, turn on to a new mission and realize address a gap is seen. But now it's obvi patently obvious. But they're buying food, and actually, it's closer than that. I would say, I'm not surprised that they would head fake toward Taiwan and then move south toward Australia. Because when they look at Australia, they think of one, they only think of one thing, and that's lunch. Wow! Now that's the first I've heard that one, but I can understand that. Thoroughly, I've I've read a lot of scenarios about what they might do, and of course, they all involve. Uh, we've had guests spoke of that also. Uh, Taiwan, yeah, Taiwan's the obvious candidate. But when you say head fake, that wow! And of course, Australia was playing playing nice with China for a short period of time, which really confused me. And now they're arming up and they're they're uh, allying with us a lot stronger than they were before to oppose China. And uh, there must be a reason for that, as they see it. So, yeah, they, yeah, they're very confused, and no, no man can serve two masters. And they're, they're still, they're, they're getting better, but they still, it's a socialist government that is. Yeah, they're uh, leftists. Yeah, and and they've uh, also we have Scythius and the Firma laws, which is uh, you know reviews foreign investments. But remember, land purchases was a, not addressed in Scythius or Firma, so they played a gap or seam. They, uh, Australia has a FIRMA-like law and a CFIUS-like law on foreign investments, and they just dissolved and said, you know what, we're just not going to follow it anymore. And this was just like a, a couple of weeks ago. They said, yeah, we're not going to even follow it anymore. And if China wants to invest, we're just going to let them invest. But at the same time, they're in the AUKUS agreement, uh, Australia, UK, US, 
which is also really including Japan and Taiwan. A lot of people don't realize that. Now, that mm-hmm. AUKUS is a brilliant move, but it actually was a Trump idea. But as usual, Jake Sullivan, national security advisor, just ripped it off and says, oh, yeah, yeah, we're doing AUKUS. Yeah, he ripped it off from the Trump. But hey, good on him. That, that is the one thing that is kind of working with the Biden team is the AUKUS arrangement. But uh, they're throwing so many things into AUKUS now, it's become very uh, unclear what AUKUS is. But the, they're gonna, the Australians are going to be buying or we're going to be handing them five, six, seven, twelve Virginia-class submarines, uh, whereas yeah. our own our own capacity, we're, we're 40% behind, 40% behind in submarine production, and we're going to give five to 12 to the Australians. Uh, I think we need a couple of more submarine factories with all due respect to General Dynamics and, uh, mm-hmm. and New, my, you know, Newport News. And I, lo- I love both. I love both of them. But let's face it, they're 40% behind. A lot of it's not their fault. Huge workforce issues. You know, you can't, you, they just can't get labor at these yards. And why? Because everybody, you know, everybody going to college is being proselytized on this propaganda of uh, transgenderism. They want to paint their uh, hair uh, pink and, uh, you know, write, uh, write environmental impact statements about the snail darter dying if we have another submarine factory. So, uh, no, we need to teach people, kids to get out there, men and women, to start welding. We need welders. Yes. We need, we need people who knew how to do 3D printing and knew CAD, no CAD CAM. Not this silliness of environment. I'm, I'm, I, I love envi- the environment. I love in protecting the environment. Uh, a great economy and a great nation was not built upon a bunch of nonprofits churning out uh, 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 legal lawsuits against, uh, you know, for on, on environmental impact issues. My day job is automation engineer, so I know exactly what you're talking about there. And it's hard to find people who are willing to come to work. And, uh, you know, I, uh, full disclosure, uh, my wife and I, our son was a chief of the boat on a Virginia class. And now he works at uh, at uh, General Electric, uh, General, I'm sorry, uh, um, Electric Boat. And so uh, there are two things going on. One is impeachment we were talking about, and we were closing this too quickly, and food. And of course, there's all these Gordon Chang, who's you know, the coming collapse of China. And I'm just waiting. It's been like 20 years, the coming collapse of China. But if China were to attack the United States, they cut off that food chain from the United States, unless they, of course, acquire Australia by force and suck them dry of their food. So, yeah, that kind of makes sense right there. But to back to yeah. impeachment. I'm sorry, go ahead then, please. Well, and you got to remember, she just replaced Quinn, uh, his uh, his foreign minister, the Tony Blinken equivalent. He just fired, disappeared him, and he just dis- he just disappeared the number one and number two in his nuclear forces, General Lee and his deputy, and brought in Admiral Wang uh, to take over the Chinese nuclear forces. So you got to remember, she is is terrified of a of a Wagner type coup against himself. Mm-hmm. So you know, as bad as we have it here, remember. Uh, you know, it's uh, uh, she is disappearing. Uh, everybody, he's he's the new Saddam. Saddam yeah. just was was just sick about the meetings he'd have and would lecture people for nine hours as everybody's terrified. And then some police would walk in, take somebody away, you'd never see him again. That's what he did to his former his former the for, former leader right before him, Hu Jintao, who got marched away. Yeah, that happens. And and for those who are listening, and didn't catch the Wagner. Uh, 
a reference. That's the uh, paramilitary corporation that uh, Putin's been using in Ukraine. And then they turned on him for a very brief period of time. And it looked like a coup. So yes, and she is very, very afraid of a of an uprising. And I say that as somebody who thinks he knows what he's talking about. But here I am talking to a real expert. So uh, impeachment, good idea, bad idea, given that every time there's been an impeachment, that person went on to become president of the United States again. Uh, well, first up one again, I know everybody's shouting, uh, put down your bowl of loud mouth soup, everyone. Step one is impeachment inquiry. This is where everybody gets to see the receipts. So you got 535 members of Congress. Could you actually kind of show them to the senators too, even though they're the ones who vote on conviction. But this is where you got to lay out the, uh, the actual evidence. That's the process. That's the process. But now between... Um, we have the, uh, we got the FBI 1023s, we've got the uh, Department of Treasury suspicious activity reports, over a hundred, over a yeah. hundred. Yeah. Most mere mortals would get debanked after one. <laughs> so so a hundred and he hasn't been debanked yet. And this shows absolute, I want I want to absolute hold everybody accountable in Treasury. Who, Two-tier who justice sat, system. Yeah, 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 sat on it. So you got those. You got Shapley and Ziegler. You got the collapse of the uh, of the plea deal, and now you got Devin Archer who says, "Yep, oh, yeah. uh, yep, yep." He was in the room. He was on the line, and we actually owe Biden an apology because we were always saying ten percent for the big guy. We were absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. It was fifty percent. So we need to apologize. We need to be yeah, man up yeah. and apologize. Okay, I'll remember that next time I see him. And um, oh, son of a gun. Oh, yeah, well, of course, impeachment, the impeachment hero, uh, hearings will be counter programming to the Trump prosecution. So that's they they hold a big. Uh, um, yeah, well, remember, Jack, Jack Smith has already made several oopsies, which uh, if there was not a two tier justice system, this case would have almost already been thrown out because he's. Uh, uh, there's a number of things he has not revealed uh, to the defense. Right, uh, right. Like the, Bra Brady Law. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like two different uh, major groupings of information he has failed to disclose that has not been released to the defense. So uh, that's, uh, that's often grounds for dismissal right there, a violation of the Brady Law. You A mistrial, yeah. boom, you're gone. Yeah. And if anybody else had a batting average like Jack Smith, they'd be gone also. Derek, how yeah, long yeah. we got here? I'm afraid we're running up against the wall here, but I think we have two minutes. Oh, we got two minutes. So, okay, this is the chance for you without us running into the wall of the commercial to promote yourself, your books, and yourself. And, you know, one more time, Colonel Mills. Yeah, th thank you so much. Yeah, my first book is The Nation Will Follow. It's available at thenationwillfollow.com. Preface is by Stephen K. Bannon. And uh, it's... And if you want to get an autographed copy of the book, go to Mike Lindell's My Store, and you can get a personally autographed version of the book. Okay, now uh, you can also, going back to thenationwillfollow.com, you uh, can pre-order book two coming out in the fall, War Against the Deep State. And we're going to have at least one, Steve may also preface that again too, but you also will have a forward by Russ Vought, who was Trump's Director of Office of Management and Budget. One of the most important critical positions, and I and uh, Russ has been, a, I appreciate him uh, 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 Wilcoing up to that and doing that. So I'm Colonel Rhett John on Substack Getter Truth, but book one, thenationwillfollow.com. You can pre-order book two, War Against the Deep State. And if you want an autographed version, go to Lindell Meister.
story. I will do that. Thank you, sir, for your service to the country, both your military service and your current service in your activities. I appreciate that. Father, I ask you right now for blessings over Colonel John Mills as he goes forth. Please help him in his effort. Please help the American people to wake up to what's going on, to overthrow the oppression that we face. And uh, please help them turn to you because that's what we need, a moral and religious people. Thank you, folks, for listening. Join in next week. Colonel, perhaps we'll have you come back again. God bless America, America bless God.